Welcome back for another episode of the OKC Redcast. As always, I'm Tyler Vaughn. And I'm Alan Langston, and we're here to bring you a Manchester United perspective on America. I'm just kidding. We're here to bring you an American <laughs> perspective on Manchester United. What does Man United think about America? I mean, <laughs> yeah, they love us, right? They come here, you know, ever so often and then do tours, right? We Yeah. They win games. They they get, you know, the take in the culture. They have a great time, I feel like. They, yeah, they wear themselves out and then don't start the season quite yeah. in form. We uh we definitely uh we provide a, a bit of a revenue for the club and um in the process maybe to the detriment of our, our squad, but that's okay. That's okay. We got to see him in Houston. That was fun. Uh, worth it. Totally worth it. Um we just go hard in America. Get used to it. That's right. That's right. That's what we do here. Um, Alan, it's been a couple of weeks since we talked, since before the international break and we returned to action and prior to doing so, um, got some sad news before kickoff last Saturday, the passing of a legend, Sir Bobby Charlton. Um, obviously the, the tributes have been pouring in and, you know, many people have, have said many people close to him and, um, closer to the club have, have said things, you know, very eloquently. And so we don't want to dwell too much on that because we, you know, we probably can't, uh, doing proper justice, but, you know, arguably one of the greatest United players of all time. Um, some put him at the very, very top, um, a very humble man, you know, a leader by example, um, never wanted the spotlight, just a, a, you know, a true inspiration and someone that, uh, I think all players should probably look up to. And, um, yeah, it's, it's sad, you know, he lived to be 86, but suffering from Alzheimer's at the end is, as a sad way to go, especially someone as close to the club as he. And yeah, he'll be missed. It'll, it'll be sad, you know, not seeing him at games, you know, if there was Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson in the director's box. Yeah. I've heard a lot of, uh, I've listened to some podcasts and uh, YouTube channel stuff by just uh, Maine United fans and uh, former Maine United players. And they basically all kind of say the same thing. He is synonymous with Manchester United. And if there's a Mount Rushmore of Maine United players, um, and even arguably just a Mount Rushmore for Man United in general, anybody, whether it's managers or players, he's on it. Yeah. I mean, he is just always been there. Um, tons of players just talked about he was in the dressing room or he was at the games. I mean, he was just constantly around. Um, he'd be in the team hotel sometimes. I mean, he just, he just was around and, um, just kind of a, you know, almost, I don't know, just, just a constant, one of those just one of those constants uh, for, for the club. So, um, and I think, I think uh, Rooney said it really well, you know, when you think of Manchester United, you think of Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, Sir Busby and Sir Bobby Charlton, you know, they're just the three kind of heads of people that you would think of. So it's, it's definitely a sad time, sad day. Um, and our condolences go out to his family, but yeah. Um, and you mentioned a Mount Rushmore. Um, I mean, he's one of the only three players to have a statue at Old Trafford, two coaches, but, um, you know, him, um, Dennis Law and Georgie Best, you know, the Holy Trinity. Um, and you look at, you know, what he did, um, breaking into the team as a youngster and losing, you know, the majority of his team and the Munich Air disaster and then being part of the rebuild and a decade later lifting the European Cup and, going on to win the world cup. Um, it's just, it's one of the greatest stories in football. Um, and hopefully one that 
that most, you know, are familiar with, I, at least, you know, I know most United fans know who Bobby is, but hopefully people take the time to really to look at his, look at his story. Um, Cause it's, it's incredible, man. Um, there'll never be another one like him. And, you know, for a long time, he was our all-time appearance leader until Giggsy passed that and uh, the all-time leading goal scorer until Rooney broke that. Um, and then same for England too, until Rooney broke it. And now Harry Kane's got it. But I mean, just, just an incredible player, an incredible human. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's had, he's had basically a Hollywood career. Like if you wanted to write a movie for a perfect ending and, and just kind of a great career for a soccer player, he he definitely had it. Absolutely. Well, um, we'll move on and and talk about the game that um that followed that news. Um away to Sheffield United, man. Um probably shouldn't have been as tough as it was, but we we somehow grinded out a 2-1 win. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Um we keep grinding out some wins, which is great. Um you know, the the result what's ultimately matters, um but we're still quite not putting in the performances that we would hope. Um but yeah, McTominay getting on the score sheet again. Um, and then they got a, unfortunately, just a few minutes later, McTominay was at fault for a handball in the box. I, I still don't understand how against Tottenham it's not a penalty, but then when McTominay gets hit with the cross in the box, don't get me wrong, like I, I kind of lean towards both of them should be penalties, but I just don't understand how we get it called against us and then for us it just doesn't happen doesn't doesn't really make sense to me i understand in tottenham the guy was quite a bit closer to the ball um but i in my opinion if your arm is making yourself bigger and it's stopping a shot or a cross you should be getting a penalty for that probably but i mean yeah like you said i feel like a broken record man it's just about every week around here talking about how they're just not consistent um yeah when i saw it i kind of thought nah i mean his arms at his side he kind of leans into it but I should have known better. I should have known we were we were not going to get away with that one, um, which is unfortunate because McTominay is you know, playing pretty well. And then I'm sure we'll get to it in a minute, but giving up another late penalty uh, in Champions League. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this team still was able to dig deep. And um, luckily, the low came through clutch with a, a long range strike, kind of reminiscent of Sir Bobby. Um, on the sure. day. A little more finesse than his shots usually had, but yeah, but not still, as much power, was, a little more curl, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I heard uh, that, uh, I, sorry. I heard, uh, there used to be a, uh, Sir Bobby camp, apparently a Sir Bobby Charlton camp at some point. And at the end of the camp, uh, with the kids at the end of the week, they used to test them to see how strong their shot was mm-hmm. and they would actually radar it. And apparently just to mess with the kids, they'd always be like, eh, not as hard as Sir Bobby. And they just kept telling every kid that no matter what. Yeah. But I, I mean, thought that was kind of cool. It's incredible when you watch like the old highlights and you're like, man, he could strike a ball. And then you think about it, like those balls were leather and a lot yeah. of times they're soaking wet. And I'm like, yeah, oh man, it's with mud. Yeah. yeah. It would, I would, I would love to have seen him strike one of these balls today. Like he'd probably just, I mean, it'd be the hardest shot in the world. Like it's unbelievable yeah. what you do. And left, left foot and right foot. Uh, the man was Seriously. incredible. Seriously. Um, but back to the, the win, I mean, Garnacho came off the bench and he was great, man. Um, he's kind of, that's kind of his role. I feel like he's, you know, coming in the second half and, and changing things up. It's, it's, it's worked out really well. The few times he started, hasn't looked super great. And obviously whenever he does come on and play well, people think he deserves a chance to start, but I mean, he's an incredible sub. Um, and yeah. I, I, it, teams can't handle when he comes off the bench. Right. Yeah. I think he's he's starting to the way that Rashford's form is he's starting to maybe earn himself a starting spot again even though 
he hasn't looked great when he has started. I mean, if he keeps coming on and putting in these kinds of performances, I feel like you you, you got to try him again, right? Just test him, see if he's learned some things and can handle himself in a starting role. Yeah. Um, and then Harry Maguire, you know, another another um, appearance at the back um, and did really well again. I mean, I think I can't remember it now off the top of my head, but it's something like 14 of the last 15 games he started and we've won. And I think he came out and said, you know, my record when I've our record when I've played is incredible or something, which is so humble of him to come out and say that. But I mean, there's something to be said. He's he's looked pretty solid. Um I maybe the weight of the captain's armband was too much for him. I don't know. Um and obviously he's playing against, you know, maybe some lesser opposition in these games, but um he he might have earned him place a starting spot in the derby on Sunday. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean Maybe if we did a back three, I'd feel okay with that. But <laughs> I feel like Lindelof and Veron are definitely the way to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like to kind of tease Maguire. I've also said, though, that, you know, I I think he gets too harshly ridiculed because he is a good player. And his first season, at, at least for sure, the first half of the first season that he came to Man United, he was good. Like, I remember watching him and being like, yeah, he's, he's a good player. Um, so... I think he's he's just lost a lot of confidence, obviously. Um, but lately, you know, didn't he get man of the match versus Sheffield? Yeah, I believe he did. Um, I think he did. So yeah, he's he's been putting in some good performances lately, which is great for him. You know, I think I think you know, power to you if you can, you know, weather the storm, come back out and put in some good performances. Um, you know, in in the Sheffield game though. Um, I thought we were pretty unlucky not to score maybe three or four because we had good chances that just were not put away. Yeah. Uh, Rashford, Hoyland. Um, I think the Hoyland one was a little bit too far in front of him, but he almost got there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Dello definitely kind of saved the day. But I think, you know, if this team was more in form, it easily would have been three or four to one. And, yeah. and it would have been a bit more of a cakewalk. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of seeing a similar pattern develop uh, when we play these lesser teams um, where, you know, I think we we kind of are set up to be more of a counterattacking team, um, kind of absorb some pressure and hit teams uh, on the counter. And teams are not letting us do that. They are letting us have the ball. Um, and it seems like every week everyone's comfortable with that because they know we can't break them down. And I don't really understand – why we can't break them down, why we can't figure this out, but it's, it's becoming concerning. Um, and it feels like it's the same thing every time we line up that we, the team's going to give us the ball and we're just going to beat our heads against a wall until we make a sub or, you know, something, someone pulls something out of the bag. It's just, it's, it's a little concerning. Um, I mean, you know, we've had the injuries and we haven't had our first choice 11 and all these things, but uh, I'm a little worried that, that we're not able to just take control of, of games like we, like against sides like Sheffield United and just go out there and, and hammer them it's yeah, yeah it's frustrating yeah. yeah i think with mcguire at the back and our midfield not really what ten hog wants it to be i think we're limited on what tactics we can kind of play and we're obviously not playing the ten hog tactics um i i think he's just kind of reverted back to somewhat what we had to do under solshire which was yeah sit back and um hope for some creativity and individual brilliance um to win us the games so yeah hopefully after some, um, you know, a normal left and Regulon's fine, but I think, you know, Luke Shaw comes back. Uh, I know Martinez probably won't be back to the start of the new year um, or maybe some point end of December, but 
you know, some of those guys come back and then maybe we can see a normal midfield as well. Then maybe we can start to kick on. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm still confused, even with all the issues going on with midfield and uh, the back line. I still don't understand why our forwards can't seem to figure things out. Um, I think Hoyland's looked pretty good. I haven't been, I haven't been real disappointed in him, but you know, Rashford, Anthony, it's just, it's just not good enough. Um, you know, sometimes the decision-making is good, but, and we've said this multiple times, it still seems like the decision-making uh, on whether to take someone on or to pass it or to shoot or to pass it or cross it. it I don't know. I, I just feel like it's very 50, 50. It's not very consistent and um, just hasn't been good enough. Yeah. I mean, I think we're seeing, we're seeing the results of having these inverted wingers that want to cut inside and shoot the ball. Um, and that doesn't bode well for Rasmus Hoyland who needs guys getting to the end line and crossing the ball into him. I mean, he needs more service. He gets, he gets it every once in a while, but not nearly as much as you, a guy like that needs it. And you can see the quality he has when he gets the ball, his hold up plays great. Um, you know, his finishing is, is obviously good. It's not, you know, not the finished product by any means, but, um, we're just not getting him enough opportunities. Um, and maybe that comes down to the wing backs. You know, maybe we need to get them forward a little more. And Delo being out there will probably help with that a bit. And maybe Regulon being back. Um, those guys are a little more attack minded than some of the other guys we've had in our makeshift back four. But yeah, um, the front three just doesn't it doesn't click, man. Um, and you alluded to it. Maybe Rashford needs to sit for a bit. I don't know how, if he's droppable. He's kind of seems like an undroppable player just based on his, you know, last year and and everything. Um but I mean, he's not going to play on the right. And for whatever reason, Garnacho never gets to play on the right. I think Anthony, you know, he's looked pretty solid on the right. He just, I think, I mean, as far as putting in the work, he doesn't really do a whole lot going forward for the most part, I feel like. Um, but he definitely, you know, tracks back and all those things. Um, I don't know, man. It's, I don't know. I don't know what we're, what we need to do. I don't know uh, if it's a personnel issue or, or what it is, but for whatever reason, yeah. our, front, our front three are not on the same page very often. Exactly. It just doesn't seem like there's much cohesion. Um, it, sometimes it looks like they're devoid of ideas. And I mean, I don't know what ideas you need. Just, just keep it simple, you know, yeah. make some, make some runs at people. If that's not there, then try and, you know, lay it off or cut inside. I mean, I like, I, I don't know, to me, the reason Garnacho looks so good is because he looks like a triple threat. Like he's either going to go to the byline or he will cut in or he'll go for a shot and take you on, or he may even cross it, you know? And I, I guess that's a quadruple threat, you know, like he's, he's making the defenders question where I feel like Rashford and Anthony are just a bit more predictable and the defenders kind of know what they're going to do. And they just kind of go, Oh yeah, well, that was easy. Yep. hundred so, yeah. percent. We, we are predictable. No doubt about it. Um, Maybe. I'm, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I mean, maybe with some more, um, creative midfielders you know every time we seem to be bringing Erickson on he's putting in these one-time passes through that seem to let us kind of break them down quicker and get on the transition quicker which is great um I think yesterday in the Champions League match you know Rashford and Garnacho had some decent chances and because they haven't been put through on goal in about 10 games they weren't really sure what to do yeah they both <clears throat> kind of the, the last moment the crucial moment had a heavy touch and Yep. Blew the opportunity. Um, but yeah, do you want to go ahead and well, I guess we should just to recap the the Sheffield United game. So with that win, we moved up to eighth, eighth in the league on 15 points, which were eight points behind Tottenham, uh, still, who are still leading the league somehow. Um, and only five points off the top four. So 
And I know a lot of the results early in the season have been disappointing, but for for a team that struggles much with injuries and you know disappointing results and performances, we're right there in the thick of it in terms of Champions League qualification. So, um, you know, it's only October, approaching November, a lot of time left. So, um, need to go and, and and hopefully get a result this weekend against City. That would be huge. Yeah, I mean, I this isn't really my mindset usually with man United, but I would take a draw at home and, and be happy to, to <laughs> as much as I'd love to watch us beat city. I just don't know that this team is, is going to be up for it. Um, but you know, who knows? McTominay could score another banger, you know, Rashford could show up, you know, probably Rashford's best game this season was against our biggest test away at Arsenal. And I thought that was Rashford. He still had some questionable moments, but that goal he scored and, and yeah. some of the, the take-ons he had, I mean, I thought that was his best performance. So maybe, maybe some of our stars will show up. And I mean, I think Bruno seems to always show up against city and kind of, you know, irritate them and, and provide some opportunities. So maybe we'll, we'll surprise some people and maybe letting them have the ball. So for once we'll be able to kind of truly counter a team exactly, we'll, yeah. we'll play in our favor. Yeah, and um, maybe maybe it's a bit of a turning point now that we've we've won a couple games and a big big momentum shift yesterday in the in the Champions League game against Copenhagen where it looked like we were going to drop two points, um, but got another hard fought win. Um, Harry Maguire, you know, scoring a header goal, man. I don't think anybody had that one down like uh, like um, before the break with the, his assist, but. Um, what a goal. And then Anana saving the penalty. Scott McCombinay giving away another cheap penalty and uh, stoppage time. And then with the last kick of the game, Anana makes an incredible penalty save. Um, yeah. So maybe. Yeah, how'd, you, how'd you feel when you saw that that ref blow the whistle for that penalty? I could I could feel it coming, man. It just felt like something's going to happen here. We were either going to give away a cheap goal. I mean, it just, I mean, at least we didn't concede right for scoring. That kind of seems to be our thing lately. Um, That's true. Yeah, I, uh, I just had a, a feeling like, oh, we're going to blow this somehow. We're just going to, this is what's going to happen. And sure enough, but then Onana made a great save. I mean, it wasn't the best play in the world, but um, he guessed right and got a got a hand to it. And uh, you could see on, you know, their celebrations, how, how much that meant to everybody. Maybe that's what they needed to kind of get things going again. Um, we should be handling Copenhagen at home. It shouldn't be that close, but um, we'll take it. But, uh, you know, it was a good game. I mean, as far as... Um, the result goes not not our best performance, but like you mentioned earlier, a couple chances that could have been put away with Rashford and Garnacho, and you know maybe that's a different story and not nearly as close at the end. But now we're in third in the group, a point behind Galatasaray, um, who's in second. So you know, I think if we if we had not won that game, we we're probably in. in I mean, we're probably crashing out of Champions League. Honestly, that was that was a must win. I mean, we got to win. So pretty much, yeah. Did you think it was a penalty? I mean, once he called it, I don't see how you overturn it. But yeah, it, it's kind of a he swings his leg and misses. I couldn't really tell if he made contact with the attacker. It didn't look like much to me, but I knew as soon as he called it, they weren't going to overturn that. So it looked questionable. I mean, they always do, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my thing was to me, it didn't look like enough contact. And to me, I don't know how much he actually affected the player even getting to the ball like that. Um, and the player to me looked like he was moving more towards McTominay than McTominay was kicking and moving towards him. So yeah. I'm, look, 
that's obviously in slow-mo replay, so it's easier for us to judge that, um, you know, from wherever the referee was standing and he had to judge it in real time. Yep. I'm sure it possibly looked like, you know, McTominay straight kicked the guy and it was a deserved penalty. But, yeah, once I saw the replay, I was like, I don't I don't think that's necessarily the right call. But I thought the same thing you did. There's not enough evidence for them to turn it over, so they're going to let it stand. Speaking um, of overturning calls, I mean, what's with Rashford going – Getting taken by the keeper, and then the linesman puts his flag up on an incredibly tight call, regardless. And then, I mean, I honestly I don't even know the VAR rules in Champions League. Are they allowed to go back and look at a an offside call? That yeah, I didn't think so. So you're shaking your head like no. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm pretty sure the commentator specifically said that VAR cannot go back and look yeah. at an offsides after unless they they said something about unless the ball has been kicked into the net or something like that they're not going to review it. I mean, what are these rules, man? Like he's in, he's through, he gets taken out on the line. For me, like I think the commentator said it would would have been outside the box, but to me, it's on the line, penalty, red card, like. But no, it's just, you know, puts his flag up like it was a clear and I, they didn't show the replay enough for me to know if he was on or off. But it was I think he looked on I, to he me. Looked, he looked on. He looked on to me, too. Um, but I guess neither here nor there. We somehow, you know, salvaged a win um, with uh, Maguire and Onana being the heroes, which, you know, good for Onana. He's he's been getting a hard time. Like you mentioned, Harry Maguire getting a hard time for a long time. Um, it was good to see, you know, after the match him him getting the praise and. Uh, Peter Schmeichel interviewing him and, and giving him props. And yeah, I'm really happy for the guy. He's still, uh, you know, he still probably has some work to do to get uh, to gain favor with all the United fans. But, um, you know, at least he's, he's headed in the right direction, hopefully. Yeah, it was kind of cool to see the, the you know, usual villains get <laughs> some uh, hero status for a game and, uh, you know, get to enjoy that in front of the uh, Old Trafford crowd. Um, definitely exciting, you know. Man United continued just to win, you know, by one goal. We we can't seem to put teams away. Uh, the only team this season we've really put away was that Crystal Palace League Cup match. So that feels like other, forever ago. Exactly. So other than that, you know, we we haven't really been able to put teams away. So, but again, I feel like we were a bit unlucky. You know, Garnacho and Rashford were through on goal. I thought Garnacho for sure was going to score because he scored like several of those over the last you know season. Yeah. And so I just figured that here it is right here. We're going to put it away. Um, mm-hmm. And then he hit it so far on. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was still like, what was that? But yeah, that was just kind of how, you know, the night was going. Um, but yeah, I think on a different night, you know, a little bit more form and they, 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 they put those away. Yeah, for sure. Um, but um, you mentioned it earlier, Erickson coming on at halftime and being, I mean, arguably the difference he came on and, his, his speed of thought is so quick, man. Like he's his first thought is always to go forward. A lot of times it's first time and defenses aren't ready. They're caught on their heels. And it's a shame that he's not, for whatever reason, able to play more games. I don't know if it's a, you know, he's getting up there in age and just can't, you know, play every game, but he's a difference maker. No doubt about it. He's one of the smartest players we have and is always, always going forward. Um, so, you know, shout out to Christian Erickson for being a baller because he is. Um, I wish we'd gotten him, you know, four or five years ago. <laughs> Me too. I, I really liked him at Tottenham a few years ago. I would have really enjoyed having him earlier. But yeah, him and Bruno provide that sort of vision and getting the ball. Um, Casemiro does it at times too, and I'm hoping Amrabat can show it off at times. Um, but uh, yeah, Erickson's definitely been a difference. So I don't, man, unless we're losing like 2 nothing against City, I don't know that he's someone that you want to necessarily start. But I mean... 
No. I mean, we should have Casemiro back, right? Well, yeah, he picked up that knock um, with Brazil, but then he played the next game and stayed behind for some treatment, but he's back in training, so you would think he's probably going to be back in the mix to start. Um, yeah, I mean, he's an experienced enough player and should be fit enough to just jump right in and, and not miss a beat, although he's not looked great um, so far this season, as we talked about. He's not been as impressive as he as he was last season. Um but maybe maybe with him and Amrabat, if they if they do like a double pivot and want to protect the back line, then and we want to sit in and just kind of soak up whatever city and then break on them. I mean, maybe maybe that could provide you know a decent enough cover with both of them. But yeah, we'll see what Ten Hag can kind of work up. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Amrabat, how you how do you feel about Amrabat so far? I know you were super excited, like a lot of people, when we signed him. I mean, I, I think he's been fine. I haven't been like overly impressed, but I haven't been like disappointed or anything. I, I think he's been fine. You know, that Crystal Palace game where you mentioned earlier, I thought he looked really good that match. Um, there's been some other ones, but you know, for half the matches we've had him, we've had to play him out of position in the left back role. Um, so it's kind of hard to judge a guy that has only got what three games under his belt actually in the midfield where yeah. he's, you know, supposed to be playing. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought he's looked pretty good. I, you know, he's definitely got a good range of passing. He seems really smart. Like he's going to make a good decision. A lot of the time I thought he was unlucky to not get that goal against, was it the Sheffield game? Did it hit the post? Yeah. 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 Hit the crossbar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought he was pretty unlucky. That was, that was a, that was a pretty good shot. Yeah. Um, I like him. He does. He works hard. That's for sure. He, he forces turnovers. Um, yeah, I like him. I think we're gonna we're only just uh we've only just begun seeing the best of him and hopefully he'll be around and and doing his thing for a while because I think he's gonna be good. Yeah, I think we gotta give him a little bit of time to adjust to England. Um yeah. but for the most part, he seems like he's he's adjusted, you know, already. But yeah, I think a little bit more time to get up to speed. But yeah, I think he'll be good as well. So I've liked him. Yeah. Um and and kind of speaking about um you know, playing out of position, he was kind of forced to do that due to our injury crisis, which we were talking before about how it looks like we're we're finally turning a corner. Uh, I don't want to say that and jinx things, but I knock mean, on wood. Yeah, outside of Martinez, who's out to the new year, probably Luke Shaw, who's got a bit of timeout, um, and I guess Malasia, who's who's getting closer to being back in training. But we've got Wamasaka back in training, Kabi Mainu's in training. Uh, Tom Heaton is still hurt, but um, Cass- you're talking. They're talking like Luke Shaw might be back in the next month or so. Yeah, I think he's on grass, you know, running around and stuff. So at least yeah. he's he's back out there. Um, but yeah, I think we finally we're getting closer anyway. Um, you know, barring any any setbacks over the next couple months, we should have a full squad available. Um, but um, I guess I'll I'll just throw this in now. We had our first ever listener question submitted, um, which goes um, out to James, previous guest on the podcast, James Ward. And he was wanting to discuss um, our backup keeper. And since Andre Anana is going to be gone for that from Cup of Nations, since he came out of international retirement, uh, when is Altai Bayandir, our new backup keeper, going to get some game time? Alan, I mean, he's uh, I don't know much about him. He came from Fenerbahce, Turkish national team. I think our first ever Turkish player. And from all, I mean, by all accounts, he's a pretty good player. But you kind of got to get him a get him some time out there, right before before the African Cup of Nations starts? Yeah, I would think so. I think the League Cup would be a great place to kind of do some of that. So hopefully Ten Hag can kind of rotate him and, and give him some time, see how he does, you know, playing with the back line and working with those guys and see if he can play the way Ten Hag likes to play out the back. Although if we keep playing with like Evans and Maguire, 
um, we probably will just keep kicking it long. But um, yeah, surely there's got to be some matches. Um, you know, what do we got in November? We got we got Newcastle next in the League Cup, so that would be kind of a rough. Probably not uh, one for him to start. Yeah, right, right off the bat, and then you got Fulham in the Premier League. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe Ten Hag waits till the last second. We do have Luton coming up in the Premier League, so we could maybe try him out there. Yeah. Um, when uh, is what is Afcon? Uh, it's in January into February, right? It's potential for him to miss like eight games. So, um, okay. yeah, we're gonna need somebody that's ready to go. I mean, I know they're playing these behind closed doors friendlies. I I'm not sure if he's been a part of those. I bet he has. Um, so hopefully he's getting some time there. Um. Yeah, I don't honestly. I don't really see a lot of opportunity for him to get time. I mean, every game is a must win between now and then. Like they're also they're all crucial. Yeah. Yeah, and December is loaded. Like we play Liverpool, West Ham, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, and Newcastle all in December. So ooh, I don't know ooh, when. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, um. yeah, yeah. And we play Aston Villa just to because oh. like they're not even a bad team. So yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I don't know when he would, but I don't know. I mean, Ten Hag may have to just kind of pick his games just to try them out and see how it goes. Yeah, every team you name basically is ahead of us except for Chelsea. So. Um. <laughs> but even them, they're like coming on pretty strong yeah, right now. They're, so. they're finding a bit of form too, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, never an easy game against Chelsea. But um, yeah, so I'll, yeah, I'll be interested to see how he integrates him into the squad. Um, it doesn't look like there's a lot of opportunity, so we'll see. Um, but that's a good question, James. Um, I'm sure Eric Ten Hag has it covered. And Eric Ten, and Ten Hag we trust, right? Right, Alan? That's right. That's right. James, give us another question for the next pod. Hit us up. Right. Anybody, anybody. Submit some questions. That's fine. No, just James. No one oh. else. Just James. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, we kind of covered uh, a lot in a short amount of time there. I say short amount of time. We've been doing this for 20 minutes or so. But um, in other news, um, you know, the, the Man City women, Man City women, ugh, I was reading. Wow. wow. I was reading, I was reading how the leaders in the table are, are they're ahead of us, actually, Man City women. But the Man United women, um, Ugh, yeah, I'm not going to edit that. I'm just going to own that mistake. <laughs> uh, went out in the Champions League uh, at PSG. Um, so, you know, gutsy, gutsy um, performance there. Um, battled hard in their first Champions League appearance. Um, and then came back with a 1-1 draw against Leicester in the league and a 5-0 win over Everton. Uh, currently fourth in the table and two points behind Man City. Um, who are... That's not, that's not too bad. No, that's not bad. I mean, they're... Man City's obviously one of the best, you know, women's teams perennially. So, um, and with all the turnover within the United Women's squad, they, uh, you know, they're holding their own still. So, um, hopefully, they can keep it up. And speaking of Man City again, we play them this Sunday, October 29th at ten thirty. That game's on Peacock. Alan, Man City are stupid uh, Peacock. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to think about this team. They're kind of up and down. I mean, they've they've lost a couple recently. Um, not as not as dominant maybe as they were last year, but I say that and I kind of thought that last year too, and they went on to win in trouble, but in second on 21 points, I think they're, uh, I think they're beatable. I don't know. We're going to have to play our best game. Absolutely. Like everyone's going to be clicking. We need, we need Rashford and Hoyland and Bruno and, and all the big heavy hitters to come through on Sunday. Yeah. I kind of think Rodri's back for our match. So that's not great. Because he kind of runs the midfield for him. Yeah, he's um, arguably the best holding midfielder in the league. So, um, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I know them without De Bruyne and him have not looked as good. You know, I think that's a big reason why Arsenal were able to. I mean, Arsenal got a lucky deflected goal to win it, but Arsenal did kind of look like the better team, actually. So, I, I kind of think you know if Rodri doesn't play, then we definitely have a better chance. But if he does play, then yeah, we're going to uh, be in he, for a game. He played today in the three-one Champions League win over Young Boys. He started and came off as a sub for Calvin Phillips. So yeah, but it was a three-game suspension for his red card. I think in the Premier League. Oh, you're right. That's what happened. That's absolutely yeah. right. Um, yeah. Well, I just don't know if our game is just outside of it or if it's the last game for his. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So it kind of just depends on, in my opinion. I think I think him playing or not playing is is a pretty big deal. Um. Mm. I'm trying to look it up on the fly here. I know we missed the Arsenal game, so it was before that. Yeah. He's stupid Arsenal. Was it against the Wolves? He is back. He's back. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah, because the uh the League Cup counted for that. Yeah. So yeah, he's back. Cool. Um <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, I still think that even with him, if you can keep Alvarez and Holland quiet, you know, and you can take your chances, you know, a lot of times the reason we've beat City is because we were just more clinical. Like we yeah. just, we only created, you know, two, three chances, but we were just more clinical than they were. And that that can make all the difference. Um, so I think if we can just put the ball in the back of the net a couple more times than they do, definite win. Yeah, I mean, the results last year, they stomped us 6-3 at their place. Uh, you know, three goals for us was pretty flattering. A couple late from RCL. Um, that Anthony goal, though, was nice. It was nice. Best goal of the game. So we had that going for us. And then they beat us, obviously, in the Champions League final, which kind of shot ourselves in the foot with that one. And I'm forgetting how the home game went. Um, FA Cup final. FA Cup final, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, what did I say? Champions League. Oh shit! I wish. Um, I mean, I don't want to lose them in the final, but um, yeah. And then, do we beat them last year in the league at home? Yeah, two one. Yeah, we did. Okay, so Garnacho on the spin and Bruno's uh, controversial offside goal. That yeah, (laughs) that was wild. How could I forget? Yeah, people are still mad about that. Um, still talking about it. Believe it or not, all these all these months later. (laughs) That's what people do, Tyler. They just talk about us. You know, we're just so popular. They just want to talk about United. I know. Everyone wishes they were a United fan. They love to hate us more than they love their own team. That's what <laughs> so weird, man. I mean, people show up to Skinny's just to cheer against us. I know. Well, um, I don't know. Any predictions on the lineup for, for Sunday? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question, actually. I would hope Regulon, Varane, Lindelof, Dallow. Because Wambasaka is not back, right? No, he's in training, supposedly. But okay, so and then I mean, if I was Ten Hag, I'd probably try Casemiro and Amrabat with Bruno, Anthony, Hoyland, Rashford. That'd be the way I go. Um, I'd be okay if McTominay made it in there somewhere, and him or Bruno kind of sit back. I think you're going to have to go with some sort of double pivot just to provide cover. I think you're um, right. We'll, we'll get overrun in the midfield if we don't if we don't try and plug it up a bit. Um, exactly. I just I don't think it'd be smart to play one holder and try to push really far forward. Um, I've been kind of surprised he hasn't been even 
subbing Mount as much. I was going to say he's kind of out of favor, isn't he? Our big summer signing is not even getting off the bench against Copenhagen. He came on against Sheffield United. Didn't do a whole yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, I, want, I don't know if he's trying to protect him or what. I, man, I just honestly don't know where he fits in because he comes in and he tries to play with alongside Bruno and that doesn't work. Uh, or you force Bruno out wide, which it does not work. Um, I think Mount, like we talked about, I think, you know, most people think he's better wide than Bruno is. So if you're going to give, give him some time, it's got to be out there, but man, I don't, uh, the more, the, the more time passes, the more I question that signing. I just don't, I don't know where he fits in right now. I, I think he's versatile though. And I think, his stats for pressing have been really good this season. Um, still, the problem is the whole team is not quite pressing as a unit as they should be. We just don't uh, press much at all, man. Like how that was going to be our whole identity was to press. And like, no one really does it. We get a little bit of a here and there. A few guys will do it, but not everyone. It's just kind of, yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know what our philosophy is or what we're supposed to be doing out there. It looks, I don't know. Well, I, I'm not like a complete expert on this stuff either, but, from my limited knowledge, I believe because Martinez and Varane have not been able to play as much, he doesn't trust having that back line push up so much for that, uh, you know, front forward press to happen because that's yeah. what he wants Mount and these guys to be able to do is the, the forwards and a couple of the midfielders to, to be that first line press and uh, try to win the ball back and quickly get a goal. Yeah. Um, you know, Klopp and Liverpool have made five seasons, you know, of winning or at least playing really well out of doing that exact thing. And I think sure. that's what Ten Hag is, is somewhat trying to do. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's not translated, especially when we don't have the back line that he yeah. would prefer to use. I shouldn't say we're not a pressing team. It's just, it's not as, not as prominent as I thought it would be. I mean, we do win the ball. We force a lot of turnovers um, and then do nothing with it for the most part. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't see this, you know, this swarming press that I thought we were going to see from everybody. Um I don't know. Yeah, but maybe you might be on something there. He doesn't trust the defense enough for everyone to, to play that high of a line. Yeah, I think he's backed off of it with the injuries, basically. I think if he had a full squad, I think we would see it more prominent. But um, back to Mason Mount, I, I kind of thought, and I think Ten Hong hinted at, that uh, he would play a deeper role, you know, centrally um, once, you know, he kind of got integrated in the squad. And we haven't seen a lot of that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Mason Mount. Maybe... Uh, Maybe he just needs time to settle into a, a big club. You know, he's never played for a big club, so it's going to take him a little time. There's definitely a lot of pressure playing for Man United. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was Chelsea through and through, so he probably felt a lot more comfortable there versus having to get used to this place. I, I think I think Mount could be something for us. Again, like I said, he he's, he's a versatile player. He can play out on the wings. He can play uh, centrally. I don't know that I'd want to see him play uh, kind of more of a defensive midfield role, but – um, he probably could do it if if we absolutely needed to, um, but yeah, I think I think he could come good. Um, again, I, I was talking to another Man United fan, my my buddy Garrett, yesterday, and I was like, if I'm thinking through this correctly, the stats I saw from the Athletic, Ten Hag, because of Martial, Varane, and then Casemiro's suspension last season, never got to play his you know, preferred 11 once. Uh -huh. He never got to play them once last season. Uh -huh. There were a couple of games where only one of the players was missing, but still, he never got to play a preferred 11. If that's, if I'm remembering that correctly, then that's still true this season. He has uh -huh. still never 
once in his entire he's been here for how long now 14 months uh yeah. 15 months he's not gotten to pick a preferred like his preferred 11 out of the entire squad which is crazy to think about that's a fair point that's a fair point um i would think we're getting we're getting to the point though where he's going to have everybody available like we said so hopefully that doesn't extend too much longer because yeah you're right that's that's ridiculous man um and have we had we haven't had our back line intact at all this season have we no not really no uh maybe early on with luke shaw and i mean maybe early on maybe we had martin i know we had martinez veron luke shaw and the beginning so maybe i feel like veron went down early maybe not i don't know either way not not enough and that also is probably part of the reason why anana is not excelling i mean having to play with a different back four in front of him every game but that's a different story um right and he's great now anyway i don't know if you saw yesterday in the game but he saved that one that was going wide by a yard or two he's he's back baby he's a his full range man i mean <laughs> it's it's at least a yard past the goalpost so good luck getting anything by him yeah he's you're not going to score on him ever again clean sheets for the rest of the season i think <laughs> um all right well alan anything else you want to add before we wrap this thing up um we didn't talk about the uh Ratcliffe twenty five percent takeover oh. that's supposed to be happening. It yeah. it apparently isn't finalized yet or anything, but that's the reports are that's that's going to be happening. Yeah, sometime supposed, soon. Supposedly, uh, Jim Ratcliffe's going to take over the the footballing side of things. Um, yeah, I'll believe when I see it, man. And I mean, I'm not sad that the the Qatar deal fell through by any means because we don't need. I mean, we need to wipe the deck and get rid of the Glazers, but we are enough of a a revenue generator where we could we can take care of some of those things on our own with proper ownership. Um, exactly. So I'm not sad to see that fall through. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice if they would just sort it out. And but I guess it's a step in the right direction. Twenty five percent less ownership for the Glazers is a good thing. Um, so yeah, if it comes if it comes to fruition, yeah, the reports are that Ratcliffe views this as a first step in taking yeah. over the whole club and. You know, he was born not too far outside of Manchester. Um, supposedly, he, you know, was a Manchester United fan growing up. So hopefully he's got the the best interest of the club at heart and um, could eventually take over and start to, uh, you know, maybe return us to our former glory year in and year out. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Uh, nothing's been completely finalized. But, yeah, it could be it could be, you know, first step in the right direction. I agree. Um, yeah. Well, Alan, what's your prediction for uh, the match on Sunday? Predictions: playing City at home, three-two um, United. Yep, that'd be an exciting derby. I'd, I'd watch that. It's gonna be. We're gonna go three nothing, and then it's gonna be a terrible end of the game, Alan. It's just gonna be like <laughs> that's my prediction. <laughs> we're all just gonna be sweating bullets for you know the last twenty minutes or so. We just give up some egregious uh, PK opportunity at the very end. And Onana, Uh you know, whoever the player is that takes the PK tries to kick it right down the middle and Onana Uh doesn't move and just catches it and then waves his finger like Matumbo at him and the game's (laughs) over. It'd be amazing. That would be amazing. We'll definitely give a penalty. There's no doubt in my mind. So you're spot on there. Um, (laughs) That's our thing. Um. (laughs) I'm leaning towards a a 1-1 or a 2-1 United. Um, it, just with our recent performances, even though they've been better and we've been able to grind out some wins, I just – I don't know if I trust this team to ultimately pull out um, a win against, you know, 
such a good team as, as City are, um, especially with uh, some of their better players coming back. So I, I, I hate to say it. I think I think I'll lean towards a one-one draw, um, which which is okay. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I know, I know. I would love to see a two-one just like last year, or or a three-two like like you predicted. That'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think it'll be a one-one. Yeah. All right. Well, Alan, I uh, I know you got to skate and get to uh, bigger and better things, your bigger, better podcast. But uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to Man United, um, put American perspective on it. Um, it's not bigger and better. Okay. Good. 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 Maybe hey, I did this one first. You know, my priorities are straight. You're right. You're right. Your Knock the United one out first. You know. Well, I, I hope you go on that one and, and talk some shit. Um, yeah. We're back, baby. Two wins in a row. Three wins in a row. Yeah, winning streak. Let's go. We're on a winning streak, man. I mean, we yeah. got to ride this wave as long as we can. So I, I, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, you know, eat your black-eyed peas or whatever you do for good luck. And I am praying we continue this streak to four. Yes, sir. Well, uh, this Sunday, 1030, Peacock will be at Skinny Slims. Wear red. Do not wear your blue away kits. <laughs> oh, we don't want to see any blue in there. Um, and right. be early. There's a couple other games going on. So you all know how Skinny's is. Be early to get a spot. Um, yeah. And we'll see you then. Come on, you Reds. Up the Reds.